Welcome back to another episode of the Resellers Mindset Podcast. My name is Mike, also known as the Used Book Guy on YouTube, along with my friend and fellow full-time reseller, Johnny B. We help people start and grow their reselling businesses from the ground up. We also have a weekly Zoom call and private Discord for all YouTube members. Head on over to youtube.com backslash usedbookguy to join the channel and gain access to the full-length podcast, Zoom call, and private Discord today. Let's get into this week's episode. What is up, everybody? Welcome into episode 25, the Reseller's Mindset Podcast. Mike here, as always, with Johnny B, and now he officially calls himself the Book Shepherd. Today's topic is going to be, is reselling easy, right? So we're going to kind of tackle eBay and Amazon. Do we think it's easy? How can you make it easier? How can sometimes trying to make things easier make it actually harder? So I guess we're going to dive in. We'll dive into eBay first, because I think eBay... Um, is a more time-consuming platform. So I think more people try to look for easier shortcuts on eBay, me being one of those people, because you know I'm not knee-deep in the trenches like yourself when it comes to eBay. But I, I'll kind of just throw some of my ideas out there, and you as a full-time eBay seller can be like, that's eh, kind of stupid, right? So uh, sure. we'll, just, we'll, just, we'll just get started here, right? So eBay, what's going to make it easier on eBay for me? If I was going to do eBay full-time, I would say, hey, how am I going to get my time back? Uh, what's an easy way to try to get a little bit of your time back, you think, that you would give somebody that was just starting out? Your pre-sort at the very beginning. So you're sorting through whatever you've bought for the day or the week or whatever. But the more like things you put together um, to set up your quote-unquote assembly line, so you're batching at this point. So since I'm primarily a bookseller, um, I'll use books. So when I get a batch of books, I would take, the batch of books and sort them into piles uh first by publisher because i know on my listings that's two fields i have to fill out so that would be the biggest thing and the next would be genre which is only one field and then the third sort within that would be condition i normally list in only two conditions good or acceptable because i get a lot of library books too so now i have i don't know let's say ace books western good and acceptable conditions. So I've made my piles, right? So if I have enough for a day's worth of listings, then I'll move it over to the queue table. Like, okay, here's a day. And then I'll go do it again and again and again until I have about a week's worth. So I have a whole week lined up for me. And then it's just taking that to the photo booth and then from the photo booth to the listing station. All right. Well, too bad, sucker. I'm not selling all the same stuff, right? I show up at your warehouse. Yeah, things. It's my first day on eBay. I got a trash bag and it's full of all kinds. Listen, there ain't no rats in there, right? This is just, this is very profitable merchandise in my black trash bag. All right. But there's all different kinds of stuff, right? So I got, you know, I got toys, I got some shoes, I got a shirt. So would you recommend like, at least for me, um, I kind of, and I'll admit to this, right? When I had a bunch of different things and I was an everything seller, I would list the things that were har harder to list last. So like if I had something that was real big or like real, real like obscure or something that's going to take a lot of pictures, a lot of description, I kind of would throw that to the death pile and that would be, hey, that'll be last. I can easily list, you know, this video game I found. Is that like a smart approach or do you think it should be the opposite way? Do you think like you should work knock out the harder item first and then onto the easier items for, you know, kind of to, to motivate you more? Uh, yes and no. I, I'm going to say it's going to depend on from person to person. For me, I do 
a better, faster quality job at the beginning of my day versus the end. However, some people don't work like that. They're, they're a slow starter more or less, but they have a strong finish. So depending how you work, it may be better for you to have those things toward the end of your day versus the beginning. But for me, it would be the beginning. I would need to get the harder thing out of the way first. Because when I'm at the end of my day, I'm on my last 10 or 5 listing, I don't want to be doing something stupidly hard and complicated. I'd rather do that at the beginning just to get it out of my way. And then the rest of my day is just same old repetitive, easy stuff. All right. So now what do you think about, I list the item, right? You know, I, uh, I got the game. I list the game, right? Uh, I box this up right away. So there's going to be really no packing when it sells. So everything I buy, I put in the box, it's going to ship in. Maybe I write on the outside of the box, you know, PS5 game, you know, whatever the title is. Do you think that's something feasible? Because I really never have seen people that actually tried to inventory things that way, like where it's already ready to ship. It's already in the box. It's already in the poly mailer. All you're doing is grabbing it, slapping a label on it, and you're done with it. I mean, if you're not doing a huge, a lot of volume, and let, let's just say you're you're listing more higher end items, maybe you're only doing like five or 10 a day or something less than that. Pre-packing it, it's okay. I know shoe sellers pre-box their things, but all their boxes are the same, right? All pairs of shoes fit in the same box. They build these weird gigantic cubes and they just pull their cube or the Chinga block thing out. Um, but again, like Chinga, it could all fall down if you don't stack it right. Um, so I'd say it's okay if you're not doing a huge amount of volume. I'd say it'd be a waste of your time if you're doing volume though, because you're dealing with so many it's like pre-cleaning CDs and DVDs. You know what's going to sell when. So it's easier and saves you time and money if you just clean what sells when it sells. Um, I um I boxed when I was, you know, I get bulk buys and, you know, say say it's uh, a lot of like 20 CSI books, for example. Um, I, I boxed those up. I wrote on the outside, 20 books, CSI, tape the box closed. Um, do you do that for any, like your book lots? Do you pre like box them up and kind of have them ready to go or do you kind of just leave them out on your shelves like you have sitting behind you i leave them out on my shelves like i have them i used to saran wrap the lots and then put a little sticky on it and i could just grab it um and put it in a box but i've stopped doing lots for the most part actually i took any lots i had down and then i just started doing singles because for me i get more money on a single item versus i do in a lot and honestly doing a lot listing at least on ebay it take it's like the equivalent of five listings, right? So it takes a lot of time to do that. So I took that out of my workflow. I no longer do lots. Um, the thing, the good thing with lots is you can sell it quicker, but you're going to get less money. So speed versus more money in the long run. So you got to decide what you want. Um, awkward things I have pre-boxed before back when I was doing everything. Um, like it was big and bulky and I didn't want to spend... 15 minutes trying to find a proper size box for it. Cause I knew I would have that complication. So I'd pre-box that kind of stuff. Um, but to, in today's book selling world that I live in, I do not pre-box anything. So that's like, uh, you kind of think about ways that you can make your life a little bit easier, but you also have to make sure like you're doing it correctly. Right. You know, you can't just throw stuff in a box and then just say, okay, I remember that this box is this book set, right? You got to have to actually have some kind of labeling system. And like he was saying, you know, the booksellers, a lot of them just use those priority shoe boxes, same size for every single one. So they literally can just have a whole wall stacked of them. Now, if you're selling anything and everything, 
or even if you're niche down, right, your lots are going to be different sizes. So it's going to make it a little bit harder to, to kind of have something that's uniform and makes sense. But uh, there is, you know, possible ways you can do this. And like you said, you know, if you're doing 40 lots a day, it's not feasible. But if you're doing, you know, 5, 10 a day, then sure, yeah, you could possibly could get away with doing it and it'll save you time packing. But the trade-off is, right, you're packing those items right then versus listing another item, which would in turn be the more, you know, cash flow positive thing you should do instead of, you know, boxing your stuff up. Now, on the shipping front, what I have done is streamlined my packaging where most things will fit in said packaging. I have going down to three. I've had four, and one of those is those boxes over there. So you mentioned lots, right? I no longer do lots, but people buy from my store equivalent lots. I had several gentlemen this weekend that bought 16 or 20 books each. Most of my books will fit in those boxes that I was pointing to behind. Um, ones that don't are one-off boxes and for future orders – that's when I have to spend a little bit of time. Okay, I got to dig out my random box pile, what they could actually fit in here. Uh, but even for that, I have a pile for that of, well, there's like four or five other box types, and those orders are few and far between. So, yeah, and I may even look into a certain box even for those larger orders when they come up. Because as my store grows, I imagine that happening more and more and more. So I'll have to get another box type. because, But that's those boxes behind me or most of my lot orders will fit in those. I definitely think what you just, what you said is a huge kind of, you know, to make your life a lot easier reselling is streamlining your shipping. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's another benefit to selling the same thing or the same kind of category, because you can easily say, Hey, I've been using this size box more than this, right. You know, kind of, you know, I have the bubble mailers for the Amazon orders. It makes everything so much easier. There's no thinking to it, right? You know, if it's a DVD or CD, it's this box. If it's a book, it's this box. Everything is kind of, you already have a plan, right? You see an order comes in for 10 books, you know the exact box you're going to use. If it's one book, you know the exact box you're going to use. There's no really a huge style of, you know, pile of different size boxes and you're trying to figure out, well, should I put it in this one? take the guessing game out of it and that's going to make it a little bit easier. But overall, like what are some other ways you think where, you know, somebody is reselling easy, right. On eBay. Uh, just, just like what's something else somebody could do to kind of make their life a little bit easier on eBay. You know, there's a lot of people out there that don't, I, I think with eBay, it's, it's going to take time. It's a time investment. I don't really think you can take too many shortcuts on eBay, unfortunately, if you want to have a successful store. I don't think it's nowhere near the same as Amazon. And I, unfortunately, like if you're trying to shortcut a full-time eBay store, I just, I'm not seeing a path there. Like I don't even know where you would start. Well, I got one more thing on the shipping and then I'll, I'll move on to the next thing, which will be inventory. Um, shipping, the less steps you take, the the less time it will take. I have rollable tables. I have a, I have a whole com shipping station with the computers on it, and then a side rollable table where we'll put the orders for the day. But that rollable table, whether it's my employee or me, will will move that table right to our hip, so it connects like an L, up here L. Um, so the computer station would be my thumb here, and then my index finger would be the listings, and we just grab it. Grab. There's zero steps taken because even walking around to grab it pack it, bring it over to the shipping station to print off the label. That takes time. but And it seems small, but 20 seconds times 30 or 40 packages adds up. 
I'm sorry, but it does. And when you're paying an hourly person to do that, you look at saving seconds any way you can. In personal time, we think about our time a little less than somebody we're paying, but think about your own time. If you could save time, you could be doing another listing. You can go out another sourcing run for the day. Um, all kinds of things you could reallocate that time to. So less steps, the better. Now on inventory management, right now I'm running two. My old one, which is what you see behind me, it's very color-coded and very pretty. However, it it takes a lot of time to go down the line to find the exact book versus my new one, which is what a lot of bigger sellers use, except theirs is a lot fancier. Mine's a lot lower tech. I just use simple numbers, um, six digits in this case. So it's sequential and finding a number is a lot faster than looking for a particular book title. Um, and these just stick out of the front of the, well, here, I'll just demonstrate like so and we can just figure it out and then do, you, just do you stack them straight up like that or do you stack them on their side they're like that behind me but they're facing out like this so this okay. is off the shelf so you can see it fairly quickly um, and and where did you get those things from how did you make those things i this is just an excel and the the paper i used regular printing paper at first but it was too flimsy and they would tear and they'd fall out too easily even when you're stacking them but this is called cardstock is what this is. And again, you could just put it in your printer. Um, and then we have anything, one of those uh, chopper things, and we just chop it. But I'm looking into ways to make that even faster because I, I or my employee has to take time doing that, right? Um, but there's probably a better way for me to do it. Maybe it's a machine. I'm still looking into that. Uh, just to, again, always refining systems, right? But this is probably the best way to do it um, outside of... There's an additional thing that I've disagreed with so far, but it's putting them not only in columns like that, they're just like this instead of this. Um, they want me to put them in, some people have been pushing me to put them in boxes. So not only that, but it's assigned to a particular box within that shelf. And I'm like, eh, I see the point, but they're already box-like. I don't think I need boxes. What's the argument for that? More space? You can fit more in the on the shelf? Uh, no, I would actually lose some space out of that. The, the argument for that is instead of me trying to find the row and column, I build that into my SKU system in addition, and I know the exact column and casing that it's in. I, I see the point, but I'm still resistant to it, and I'm not doing it right now. But I, it may come a point where I may have to. Because um, so, even my bookcases, they have the starting number and the ending number of, okay, this bookcase, because my, my shelves are double-sided now, my big bad boys, of uh, 0001 to 1200. And then the other side is 1201 to 2400 kind of deal. So somebody starts brand new, um, and they they want an easy way to manage their inventory. I got one four foot wide shelf. It's got five different shelves on it. How should they approach that without, you know, a whole inventory system? They're just getting into this, but they want to be able to say, Hey, I know it's on shelf one, shelf two. Like what would be the easiest way for them to go about, you know, having a, a, a kind of foolproof starter inventory system. So the plan, there'd be two approaches in my opinion to that. If you're just planning, cause you have finite space to never outgrow that space just make it simple, S1, S2, S3, S4, S5, and then maybe have 
if you do columns uh, s1 c1 s1 c2 um but if you plan to grow like hey i want to i want to get a lot of bookshelves filled up right so you would have to have a different kind of inventory system and that's when i would switch over to what i'm using a sequential system um but you may want to have in addition to that you may want to have bookcase b1 and then a sequential number 00001 through uh b1 through 1200 all right so that would be my two approaches if you're if you're stuck in finite space you cannot grow just make it simple I got the burning question that millions of people around the world are going to be looking forward to this answer I'm about to throw at you. Um, Johnny B, the new crazy trend is hiring a virtual assistant. All right. So Johnny B has to hire a virtual assistant today. What part of the business do you think hiring a virtual assistant would work for you and uh, you got you can't say you're not hiring one. All right, that's not even on the table. I'm forcing you to hire somebody. Where could you fit them into an eBay business that's going to make your life easier, but it also has to make sense? I don't want you just saying something just to say I need something where it's like, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna give them this job because it's gonna make my life easier and it's gonna be it makes sense in my business. I would if I had to use one. In this case, I do. I would have them scrape my scrape scrape websites from Facebook Marketplace, Craigslist, even eBay, um, to find deals for me to purchase, and they just give me the list in the morning, and then I decide if I want to buy it from there. That'd probably be the so sourcing what what I allocate them to. Now, if I had a VA trusted, and I would never do this because I wouldn't trust them, I might have one do my bookkeeping. Um, but I'm not letting them see my numbers and knowing where my money goes and where it comes in from. So I would never do that, but that would save me some time. Um, another one I might do. Well, the, 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 the question people are going to ask is, can I, can I, you know, send them the photos and they list the items? Cause that's going to be, you know, that's like everybody's time sink, right? That's, if if 99% of people that are new to selling on eBay are like they're going to hire a VA today, it's going to be to take care of the listing because nobody likes listing. If it was CDs and DVDs, maybe. If it was books, hell no. Um, and the reason with that is there's so many flaws with books. Knowing all those conditions and when to use them and how to use them takes so much time. And I would constantly be having to correct their listings. And eventually they would be at the point where they could list, but I guarantee you it's a six to nine month journey to get there. And meanwhile, you paid this person to save you time, but you're actually spending more time because for me, correcting even my employees listings takes me longer than doing the listing from scratch myself because I'm double checking and triple checking because I'm the one that has to press the button. Uh, I would not allow them to launch their own listings. They would go in the draft bank and I would have to review it and double and triple check that they listed it the way I want it done for my store. Now, people watching this may be like, oh, you, you care too much. And you're damn right I do, because it's my store and my business. And I don't trust anyone beyond myself pressing the launch button and making sure they listed it properly. So I'm, I make uh, corrections. I'm reporting you to Cheryl for saying you're going to hire out your your bookkeeping to a VA. And uh, she's, she's going to be in your messages yelling at you. I'm sure um, it's like a VA. I'll hire you, Cheryl. <laughs> I don't know if you'll take $4 an hour, but yeah. So like, 
I think I think when we boil it down to like VAs for eBay, I don't think they work unless it's unless you're doing like an eBay to Amazon kind of thing where they're just out there, like you said, sourcing. I think sourcing is the only play for VAs on on eBay. And it's weird because, right, you're not even doing eBay to Amazon. You're just looking for them to be out there on marketplaces trying to find you a crazy good bulk deal where you can buy it and have it shipped to you. Um, it's completely different with, with eBay. It's, you know, if you're just doing eBay, a VA, I just don't see it working. I mean, you need a physical person, right? If you want to take photos off your plate, you know, you need somebody there next to you doing the photos. You, you can't have somebody, you know, anywhere else, not even the next town over. They got to be there in person because it's a process. eBay's all an in-person process. There's really no kind of outsourcing this, outsourcing that. And especially, you know, it's such a item specific driven, you know, platform and optimized listings. Sure. If you go on eBay, you're going to see 98% of just junk listings, but being the 2% of the good listings, that's why you're successful. That's why your business is successful. That's why you can get more money for the same items. You know, if me and you sell the same item, the same book, you can get a lot more than me. You're taking double my photos. You're doing 10 times better descriptions, item specifics, all of that. So I don't think a VA really fits in kind of an eBay only business. Well, the, the other main crux of it, honestly, is the photos only go so far. Having the item in your hand as you're listing, like I have piles of books. Here's one. I can only get so much off the photos, even doing all this. Um, and there may be something I missed that I didn't take a photo of, but when I have it in hand, oh, it has this. But I can mention the condition note. It's not like I have to run to my photo booth and take a new photo. Um, I could just mention the condition note and be done with it. A VA is going to miss that. Because um, they don't have the item. They're off in, I don't know, Singapore. And they're just running off the photos because you sent them the photos. Even if they get everything right, there may be a couple things they miss because of not having the item in front of them. All right. So we're going to end this eBay reselling is easy topic with one last question. I'll let you answer first, and then I will answer. In your current business, reselling on eBay is it easy? Yes or no? No. All right. And I'm going to ask myself the same question. And the way I run my eBay, I would say yes. So two different completely perspectives. We all know I do one listing a day. If that, depending on the week, depending on how I feel, if the sun's out, if it's a full moon, you know, I might not list. You know, you, if you, I hear if you list on eBay and there's a full moon, those listings disappear. Um, but yeah, so right there is two different perspectives. He's full-time eBay. He'll tell you, no, eBay is not easy. There's things you can do to make your life a little bit easier, but it's still going to take a lot of work, a lot of details. If you want to be successful and actually get sales, and you're not just listing stuff to list stuff. At the end of the day, you want to get sales. For me, I list my one item. It's not a big deal for me. I'm not doing all the descriptions he does. It is easy for me, in my opinion, but I do also adopt you know, his inventory systems, his you know, training me up on how to make shipping easier. So it's it's kind of hassle-free when it comes to that. I'm not running around for different boxes or things like that. So now we're going to jump into the Amazon side of things. And uh, this this will be this will be a little bit different kind of perspective here because Amazon, every I mean, most people go from eBay to Amazon because you hear Amazon, it's less time intensive, right? You could just send your stuff to Amazon and wash your hands of it. You really don't have to deal with anything. And to an extent, I think we both would say that's true. It's a lot less complicated. The listing, you know, there's softwares where you can list like 
you can leverage softwares in Amazon to make it pretty simple and foolproof and kind of easy. And that same question we asked about eBay is selling on Amazon easy. I would say yes, yes again. <laughs> I'm two yeses, right? I'm not out here saying anything is hard. Uh, maybe that's just my mindset because, you know, I've worked crappy jobs. I've worked in warehouses. Um, funny story. I worked in like a South Philly seafood warehouse. I lasted two nights and I quit. Mm. <laughs> Dude, I couldn't. I couldn't. It's it's 20 degrees in the seafood warehouse. I'm carrying like 50 pound bags of clams all night long. Just laughing back there. <laughs> I smelled so bad. I literally, I had to throw the clothes out that I wore. Uh, I quit, at, <laughs> quit after two nights. So uh, my definition of easy and hard might be a little skewed here, but I think Amazon is definitely a lot easier than eBay. Um, what do you think? I say yes, it's a lot easier. I would say it has a harder start, though, because you got to figure it all out. And then it dawns on you there's all these other programs you need to add on. It's not an all-in-one tool kind of like eBay is. Now, don't get me wrong. There's some third-party tools for eBay, too. But I think they're a, necess they're a necessary thing in Amazon where they're an optional thing in eBay. I agree. I think uh, I think there's still a lot of opportunity. I'm not sure, like, maybe if it's how much, like, eBay limits their back end, like, to softwares. But I feel like there's a lot of opportunity for growth in the software space for eBay, right? Instead of going into the eBay app and having to search sold comps, right? Why isn't there an app where you just scan the barcode and it shows you what the item sold for? You kind of like, you know, the Amazon apps, right? You know, the seller amps, the scout leads, the scout IQs. You can see all that information in real time. And that doesn't exist for eBay. And I'm not sure why, but I think it could literally, you know, bust eBay wide open for a lot more people because it makes it the barrier to entry a lot easier and it makes it kind of foolproof, right? The argument is eBay, you got to have knowledge to sell things on eBay versus Amazon where you can just scan something and you're just, it's all analytical, right? You're looking at how much did I pay? How much are the fees? How much am I going to make? eBay, you got to be like, you, you walk in, you're like, hey, what am I looking at here, right? You got all these different listings. Sure, you can, you know, sort it to sold, but that's really not going to give you a clear picture if there's, you know, 20 people listed and only one sold. You get, you got to kind of be more analytical and knowledgeable. Right. Now you can scan things that have a barcode to an extent or EPC into eBay, but it's going to pull from eBay's internal catalog, very similar to Amazon. I'm not going to lie there. However, it's going to pull off somebody else's listing. And a lot of the time it's either wrong or missing the highlights of that item and the title structure. You got to redo it a lot of the times because the, the one it's pulling is complete garbage and breaks all the eBay rules of this isn't how you should do a listing, but yet it's the one it gave you. And it's like, um, um, okay, I guess I'll fix this crappy junk listing and um, go from there. Do you hate me that I actually sold something by selling another listing that had a, a, a little fire emoji in the in the title? A little bit. Not see? A little. Yeah, see? So like he's right with that, but I've done it because hey, I'm I don't I'm not, you know, I'm not good at eBay. I don't claim to be an eBay expert. So I see this one sold, right? It's the only one that's sold. I'm just gonna hit sell similar. I'm gonna keep Bozo the Clown's fire emoji in the title. I mean, the item did sell, so maybe it was the fire emoji that got me the sale, but that's not the correct way that listing should be optimized when somebody's searching on eBay because that's never gonna show up. And you kind of take that back to Amazon where when you scan something, 
you're usually only going to get one listing for the most part. And that listing is usually filled out with all the correct information in it, right? There's only one title. The title's what Amazon approves in their catalog. Uh, the photos are all stock photos. So it's kind of foolproof when you compare them. There's really, you know, there's really no knowledge. Like I, I joke all the time, right? If I could chain train a bunch of chimpanzees to go to the stores and scan stuff, I'd be good to go because there's really no knowledge base. And it's that easy if you just understand the numbers and what you're looking at compared to eBay, that Amazon is just, it's just about consistency and finding items. Now, we did a deep dive a few weeks back in my media call group and refinement of title structure stuff. We use Terapeaks. If you don't know, that's a product research tool that's built into eBay. And we were looking at Stephen King's It, and we're looking at all the sales for this, right? We found one that had sold. The only thing in the title was the words I and T. And that is the lowest effort I've ever seen for a listing ever. But yet it did sell. That's kind of the thing with eBay. There are things that will make you sell faster um, and quicker if you do like a proper title structure. But in my opinion, and the whole result of that discussion was, at the end of the day, it all sells. It's just when will it sell? Um, And then there's some stuff that has been – I sold a book. Just yesterday, it's been on my shelf for 15 months. I didn't think this thing would ever sell, but you know what? 15 months later, it did sell. It was garbage. It was all chewed up, not up, written in all throughout the book. And the book was Heidi, for those that were interested. And I, I, I was a jerk, jerk face. I put in my condition notes, just blasting this book to smithereens. Probably why it didn't sell 15 months, because I think it was one of my last listings 15 months ago. And I'm like, you know what? Screw it. Blah, 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 blah um it was really funny in my opinion um but it did sell it did sell it just took 15 months in comparison you know you're you're kind of like 90 10 i don't know what your percentage is in your mind of ebay to amazon um just kind of in your experience with amazon over the past year in comparison to ebay like um like what was the biggest like what was the biggest benefit like what did you see was it like the time you spent listing? Was it the research needed? Was it the kind of finding a price, like to put your items out? What was the kind of the biggest relief when you started, you know, doing Amazon in comparison to eBay? The biggest relief was the time saved. Uh, One listing to one listing on Amazon. It's night and day difference. Um, yes, I go overboard. Even if I weren't to go overboard, I would still say doing a Amazon listing is 10 times faster than an eBay listing with minimal effort. Uh, it just is because it's literally price. You're done. Price. Scan, price, done. Scan, price, done. Versus eBay, well, I got to type something in the title. I got to upload the photos. Um, and let's just say I skipped all the item specifics and just did a condition note. Just those three things took me 10 times as much time versus scan price next scan price next so there is a speed volume thing you can do with amazon now i'm hiding a little bit of the amazon work because you have to scan the item to even get it to be able to list and then you have to maybe interpret the data on scoutly or scout iq depending on what you use um and then make a judgment call on some things um and then maybe if you're cleaning books or putting stickers on, there's that workload onto it. I'm not going to hide it from you guys. I mean, you guys listening to this probably already know this, but if for anybody new people, there is a little bit of work involved on Amazon's end. But the listing part, just the listing part on both platforms, Amazon's king. 
it's um it's it's crazy to kind of see like the difference and the contrast in the platforms and how how it's easier some ways, but how it's not easier. I think the big headache with Amazon is uh, understanding like the fee structure, right? A lot of people don't really understand how it is to be profitable on Amazon. And uh, it's, I guess you could say the same on eBay, but it's a lot more prevalent on Amazon because the fees are a lot higher. Um, and it's just, you know, when it comes to numbers, I think that's the biggest hurdle for Amazon sellers. And there's really no way to make that easy besides just, you know, having the knowledge of understanding profitability in a business, not sales in a business, because all you see on Amazon is, hey, I, I did this much in sales, really not, hey, I made this much, like it's uh, one of those things where it's just like, hey, look, I, I did $100 in sales today. Well, Johnny, good for you. How much of that money did you actually make? It's 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 a dark side that nobody really like, really wants to put out there. Now, I think you made a great point, and I'm going to mention Amazon's flaw, one of many. Interpreting that stupid chart, you, the little tornado wavy looking chart of how much you're getting, when you're getting it, and we'll, and the little subsequent tabs in there, hot garbage. I hate it. Um, and knowing what you sold and how much you got out of that, figuring out how to even navigate to that, this is where Amazon drops the ball. It's not intuitive. eBay, super easy. I can understand it instantly. Now, first time I saw this underwater radar chart, I'm like, what in the hell is this? I don't, yeah. And it's got different numbers. And I was like, okay, I had to go to YouTube to figure it out because I needed somebody to explain it to me. I may have asked you a question. I don't remember if I was, I did or not. I try not to waste your time too much, too much. Um, but uh, it took me like 20 minutes to figure out, okay, here's what they're saying and here, matching it up to what the hell I'm looking at. Um, Amazon has a lot of great things going for it, but it reflecting its data to its sellers, unless you there's no way you can understand it off the get go. I'm sorry. You can't. No, I don't, I don't, I, I agree with you there. I think we're going to, uh, wrap this up with one, one last question here, um, do you think people make reselling a lot harder than it needs to be? Yes, I think people way overthink it, way overanalyze it, and they try to make it perfect. And the other way they do it, the reverse is true. They try to make it the quickest way, um, maybe even the laziest way, just to get their time. They only want to spend like an hour a week on it and try to figure out how they can do it at a big scale doing that. I'm sorry, that's just not possible. Or your account's going to get banned or broken because you didn't put forth the effort. I mean, you just summed it all up right there. A lot of people make it a lot harder than it needs to be. Reselling can be easy, but it's never going to be, you know, sit back, kick your feet up. Everything works for you and you have to do nothing. There is going to be work. Even if you, you know, even if you get it to that place with the VAs and it, that's going to take months and months, if not years and years of building your business, building processes building procedures, kind of like, you know, we had Jared on last week and he, he's all processes, right? Processes before profits. And I feel like that should be like somebody's YouTube reselling slogan. So feel free to steal it. So we appreciate you guys listening to this episode and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Resellers Mindset Podcast. Today's full episode and all previous episodes are available to all YouTube members, along with the weekly Zoom call and private Discord. Head on over to youtube.com backslash the used book guy and consider joining for as little as $2.99 a month.